This is Government Gone Digital. I'm Dana Birchman, Chief Digital Officer here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm here today with our Digital Media and Marketing Officer, Jennifer Alvarez, and we're joined today by a very special guest, Captain Chris Chung with Mountain View Police Department. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. We're so excited to have you. So let's talk a little bit about, I know you guys are some of our favorites, especially when it comes to public safety, um, to follow and what you're doing with social media. And our listeners might know we've done previous podcast episodes focused on social media, but we've never um, brought a guest in that we you know, love and are following and kind of looking at, um, again, not very many people in government, and especially in public safety, who are leading the way, but more and more in this area. So we're really excited and would love to hear from you about your social media strategy in general and maybe some successes that you've had and, you know, give us your thoughts on why you think, especially when it comes to public safety, that um, we should be using social media to communicate with our followers and residents. Wow. So thank you so much for having me. It's quite an honor. Um, If you were to wrap up, I guess, our uh, social media strategy here at Mountain View PD, it really centers around engagement, um, two-way engagement with our community. Um, Right here in the uh, middle of Silicon Valley, we we kind of make the assumption, and I think it's probably a safe one, that uh, everyone here is connected through their smartphones and they're uh, somewhere, somehow, or on any number of social platforms. So knowing that, we went forward with the assumption that we have a very large digital community and it was our responsibility to kind of dive into there and, and talk to people among those different platforms that we have. So um, we've been down this road about five years now, and it's just been tremendous. Um, the feedback and response from our community has been very, very positive. Um, we enjoy this kind of additional layer of engagement with them. It, it'll never replace the in-person engagement that we have with them when we can meet the public sure, um, sure. out and about in our community. But uh, it's, it's awesome to just be able to do it online as well. And Chris, your background isn't in communications. Like, what made you take this leap and really embrace social media? Um, I like to joke and laugh at myself um, because I was that guy in the department that knew how to program um, the clock on the VCRs. (laughs) So um, I know I'm dating myself with that comment. But (laughs) yeah, VCRs, we'll explain that later in maybe a future podcast. Um, but yeah, so technology has always been something I've, I've been interested and dabbled about with. Um, and so back in 2012, um, when I rotated in a, into a position as a lieutenant that um, kind of had some freedom of time to figure out different ways to engage our community, um, naturally, you know, playing around with Facebook and Twitter at the time, it, it seemed like a very um, uh, a great fit for our department and um, just kind of learned along the way. And, and here we are. Yeah, we talk a lot about in Gilbert, too, it's a great fit for our demographics. And, you know, the average age in Gilbert is 32. And so we're very fortunate that we are able to reach so many of our residents this way and online and on social media. And so I think that's really great, right? The number one rule is know your audience and know, you know, who's out there and how to reach them. And people just aren't you know, checking their mail anymore every day. And, and so you're really fortunate, I think, too, that um, with being your location in Silicon Valley area, that you're you know and you're smart that you tapped into the best and easiest way you know to meet your residents there and that's what we always say you know go where your residents are and you know it's just funny to me that 
there are still so many cities who aren't doing that. You know, it's always like surprising that people aren't because in, especially in emergency situations, it's the best way to reach people. Exactly. And I, I think the best example I like to use when I talk to different um, public sector governments is, is imagine a digital lobby, right? We all know what our physical lobbies look like when we walk in and they can either be inviting and informative or they can be dry and boring. And so a digital lobby experience um, kind of makes uh, most administrators and public sector managers go, okay, wait a minute, I can imagine that. And then I tell them to look at their own presence online and, and imagine, is your digital lobby boring and mm -hmm. non-informative and full of, you know, documents and forms? Or is it a simple one or two clicks and it gets our community members involved and engaged um, and interested in what's going on with government? I love that. Love Me it. Too. Love it. And so for our listeners, those of us in government social media world, we know that um, Chris is obviously has led the way for many years now, even before, you know, I was in the, the government social media realm. Um, Chris, you were just named government social media's top social media advocate, and you really, you tour around um, to different conferences and meeting with different police departments and public safety departments, um, the country. And actually, I think you just did a conference, I Skyped into a conference in Australia. Is that right? It is. Yes, my first. Yeah. So you mm -hmm. are kind of like a, a, a social me government social media celebrity, which I, I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but your my nickname for you is Hollywood because <laughs> the first <laughs> because the first time that I met you or that I went to a, a well we met at a gover not government social media but a social media marketing world. Uh, so we were both we were kind of the outcasts where we were the public sector people in this um, realm of social media of private sector people, right, who do this on a daily basis, who are the idea of being innovative isn't um, out of the norm. Um, and so when I met you there, I had no idea. But when we went to um, a regional training for government social media and after we were we had been we were on a panel together talking about emergency communications. And when we got off that panel and we're kind of talking to some people, um, someone came up to you and was like, oh, my gosh, Chris, Chris, can I get my photo with you? And I was like, <laughs> You, you're Hollywood, like you are big time. And that was the moment that I realized that you um, had really established yourself and Mountain View PD as a leader um, within, you know, social media communication, especially when it comes to public safety, because there is so much fear. And I was really drawn to when, you know, when we first met the fact that you kind of gave way to that fear and you embrace social media, um, which I hadn't necessarily had that experience with public safety prior to that. Well, here's the part where I would probably send like a, a blush, smiley face emoji. <laughs> um, and, and thank you. And, and I mean, with, with social media, I think I'll, I'll say this, that uh, it really is about the followers and none of that would be possible without um, a number of people across the country, you included, right, that, that really resonate um, and help spread the word about how to, how to get things done and, and how to be effective in, in government. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And you just did an article for um, uh, ICMA talking about why it's so important to go all in and digital. Can you talk to us a little yes, bit about that? Thank you for the shout out in that yeah. article, by the way. Absolutely. Um, I love using uh, Town of Gilbert in a lot of my examples because although I sometimes speak to um, law enforcement, many times I'm speaking to the public sector and I think it, it, it's a great, what you guys have done there is a great example of, um, you know, social media across city departments. Um, and it is really, really important to go all in because I, I have, um, you know, as, as I've gone around different conferences and talking, you can tell when, 
either the city or county manager um, of a certain jurisdiction is not all in and they're just frustrated, right? The, the media managers um, maybe receive partial support or they're wearing too many hats um, and that shows and, and it's, it's unfortunate, but more and more over the years, it is encouraging to see that many jurisdictions are kind of getting on board. They do see the, the advantage and now the biggest challenge for public sector is to go from just a one-way blast of information and to actually understand the, the advantages of a two-way engagement strategy for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's really interesting and fascinating, and I'm so glad that uh, Jen met you because I know that especially our residents too, our public safety social media posts do so well, and there's such an interest. But oftentimes, public safety officials themselves are so tactical and not really thinking as much about that community side. And so they're always surprised when their uh, posts do well. I remember we got we have some rotating public information officers in both our police and fire departments here. And I remember when we got a new um, public information officer that was handling social media in the fire department, um, he was really open to it but didn't have a lot of experience, and he just could not believe this event they did. It was a back-to-school drive, and it's something that he'd gone to every year and participated, but he could not believe the amount of public interest there was online and social media and how many people were engaging with him in live video and asking questions, and he was genuinely shocked. And so I always say it takes, you know, it definitely takes that buy-in from the top down to have the support to go out there and take that risk and give it a shot. And then I think people are always pleasantly surprised at how much engagement they do get and, you know, that the benefits far outweigh any of the, you know, risks or, you know, people always say, you know, dealing with cyber bullies or the haters or whatever that might be. And I always say, well, I could count on my hand, one hand, you know, how many times that that's happened. But the majority of our interactions on social media are all so positive. Absolutely. And I think and I saw this a lot in the police department, but I know it works in other departments as well, is early on we would actually print out our Facebook posts and along with all the comments. And I think it actually does something um, to the our employees when they read uh, you know, the comments that our community just heaping praise and thank you, that gratitude to our employees, both, you know, police, fire, city employees. I think it's it's easy when we've been doing a government job for many, many years to become jaded or become, you know, just kind of pessimistic about things. And then you forget that the reason why we got into this to start with was to serve our communities. And it's really refreshing to kind of see that come back. And I think it really um, encourages uh, and, and kind of rejuvenates everyone. Yeah, and I think oftentimes what we've seen with public safety is that they don't think what they do, what you guys do, is interesting, right? Um, I can think back to one of Gilbert Fire and Rescue's most popular video by far that had million, like over a million views on it. Um, it was a, I think it was just a 20-second clip of them washing their gear off after a fire, and they posted it saying, you know, this is a cancer prevention um thing that we do after each fire so that we can protect our firefighters. Well, that went viral and they were so shocked and surprised because it's something they do, do every after time. every yeah. fire. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we can say uh, that what they do is interesting until we're blue in, blue in the head, but um, until they see it actually go viral or see the, the community interest that they, that they get from posts like that, um, they don't fully understand it. But you guys do a great job of showing kind of behind the scenes and having fun and showing personality to your department um, and really showcasing um, the different types of areas um, and getting people to be willing to go on 
camera or have their photo or do a video. Um, how have you guys kind of built that trust within your organization? Um, it wasn't always there early on. I think we had a lot of skeptics, right? And naturally, most law enforcement officers are, are private and they, they want to, you know, make sure that, um, you know, their families, identities, everything's not compromised online. And that's for good reason. But then I think as they saw the community in turn heap back that encouragement and praise, um, it really is, uh, it, like I said before, rejuvenating. And, and we saw more and more volunteers internally kind of step forward and say they, they enjoy it because officers do enjoy interacting with our community. Um, and too often, you know, maybe it's the, the, uh, the graveyard officer who's always dealing with the parolees or the probationers or the drug dealers, um, for them to be able to kind of reset a little bit and, and meet the kids and the parents and the, the majority of our community um, absolutely is, is good for everybody. Um, I will say I was initially a skeptic with a lot of those behind the scenes um, live streaming and stuff, and it was actually a Town of Gilbert uh, video. I think it was the Public Works Department and it was a live stream of you guys putting in, I think, some water uh, trenching or something in like a hundred degree temperature. And, and then I saw that level of engagement and I thought, okay, that was a perfect example to me. Like, okay, this is actually going to work. And this is, a, of course, a couple years ago, I think, when live streaming was just coming on the scene. Yeah, I think when I met you, um, you there was a little bit of fear and like, okay, we're not, we're not ready for live video yet. You also told me that you would never be on Snapchat. <laughs> do you remember that yeah. conversation? I can, I can I, picture it. And, I do. Uh, for the record, you could say that it was Gilbert, Arizona that convinced Mountain View yes, PD. To, I love <laughs> it. Yeah. I remember when I first saw that first snap come through from Mountain View and I think I texted you. I was like, see, told you you'd be on Snapchat. Like it's, it's where your <laughs> residents are. It's where your citizens are. Um, and you have to be where they are. That's what we always say. Go where your, go where your audience is, go where your residents are. So um, I think that was one of my favorite moments of seeing you guys join Snapchat. <laughs> yep. Kudos to you. Chris, tell us about some of the, the biggest wins wins you think you've gotten on social media? Like what have been some of your greatest successes since you've started engaging there? Um, you know, one, one incident or story that comes to mind, it, it's not like a great news thing, but it, it kind of, kind of brings the point home. So we had been down the social media road, maybe a couple years. Um, and at this time we, we got kind of the bad news that we found out one of our officers was, was, uh, about to be arrested for a crime. And clearly this is one of those situations where, it's a crisis communications um, incident, right? And how do we message that? How do we tell our community about that? And by this time, our community had and us had developed a great relationship online, um, and we decided to be very transparent, as we had been in, in the years prior. So we wrote uh, an open letter to our community explaining what had happened, what we knew, um, and, and how we were feeling, right? And that last aspect of how we felt is kind of foreign in a government mm -hmm. press release. And we kind of just held our breaths and, and the community responded and a lot of people were, you know, like we were shocked. Um, some expressed anger, but overall, and this is the overall majority, really thanked us for the level of ongoing transparency. And I think, you know, although um, everyone was mad at the officer in question, the amount of confidence and trust in our police department um, didn't take a hit. And, mm -hmm. and I think that was a, a hallmark moment for us to understand that we had gone beyond just um, the funny, ha-ha kind of posts and, and things we like to do, but all of that investment over the years had actually um, been worth it, and, and we were on the right track. 
That's amazing. Yeah, no, that's a that's a definite uh, memorable moment. And I think we talk about building that trust and, and we do what we do on a daily basis for those situations where we do need to, um, you know, change in on that that trust that we have built, um, take a deposit out of that trust that we had built with the, the community. So that's that's awesome to hear. And I know you talk a lot about crisis communications and we've had conversations together about crisis communications and how, you know, it's so important to be that first point of information to as soon as you know that something's going on, make sure the community knows that you are on top of it and that you will have the most up-to-date information as it's available. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about your kind of crisis communications plan and how you guys handle? Sure. Um, so an interesting thing here in the Bay Area, when we first started off about five years ago, the, 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 the flow of information was really from the media, the mainstream media channels, and then retweeted or reshared um, by a public sector if they were on social media. Mm-hmm. And over time, with our partners next door in, in Palo Alto Police Department, um, we began to kind of change that um, that paradigm, and now uh, it's us, meaning the, the governments or the public safety social media channels, putting out information first, and the media very comfortably uh, resharing that for us, right? Because they we're all kind of on the same page. We want accurate information to go out, and it benefits the media when it's information right from the source. So we take great care to put out the accurate information as much as possible, and what we know at the time of the events, along with photos and videos if we can. Um, And then we rely on our media partners to expand that because they have certainly a lot more followers than we do, and they can blast that information out. So um, it is critical to to be timely in in our um, messaging out to the community. And then we also monitor what's being talked about online so that if there is misinformation or rumors, we can very quickly tamp that down um, and and continue to manage the situation. And what we found is you end up spending less resources um, if you can do that effectively. Whereas in the past, you know, you would spend a lot of time as a PIO mm-hmm. just trying to put out rumors. Right. Yeah, we have a very similar strategy here in Gilbert. And actually, we have a, a few new PIOs in the fire department. And so they're, you know, learning Twitter and they're learning the value and benefit of using Twitter during emergency situations, whether it's just a car accident or if it's something bigger like a major fire. And each and every one, there's four of them now, and each and every one of them have mentioned to me how they have saved so much time. Um, and energy by posting on Twitter and getting that information out to the media that way than having to respond to phone calls or emails um, that the media are, are sending. So they act- the media has actually stopped sending those um, emails or calling um, because they know that they will find that information on Twitter. So it's really neat to kind of see that transformation. And those people who may not have really been a huge supporter of, of social media and Twitter, especially during emergency situations, now they're, they are huge supporters. Yeah, when I started here... Five, about five and a half years ago, we had a major, major incident. It was a mass shooting um, with a known, uh, a nationally known white supremacist um, who unfortunately killed his girlfriend and her entire family and himself. And I think I was six weeks on the job. And really, we weren't, when I got here, we were not on social media at all. Our mayor didn't even have a Twitter handle, and we weren't on Facebook. We had a Twitter um, account for the town, but it really wasn't used. And it I always say that it's so tragic when these big events happen, but it's 
one of the best ways to learn what to do. You know, you can practice all you want for a crisis, but when it really happens and you have those tools to make your life and your job easier and to connect with the people that you need to during that, you really understand the importance and power of it. And it was kind of a crazy time because we had like Matt Lauer was, uh, broadcasting live from the Today Show and we had so much attention on this is before Jen had even started here and I didn't really have a lot of support and staff or anything and I went and it was crazy to me because the media was knocking on doors of neighbors trying to get information and we were so locked down and we had a command van and we were being told like we would have a press conference tomorrow or we would have to wait because we needed to bring in um a lot of federal agencies at that point that had to conduct an investigation. And I remember I walked into the command van and the police chief and actually the police chief was on vacation. It was the commander that was filling in as the police chief. And I had never had a chance to meet yet. (laughs) And I was like, hello, I'm the communications director. And it was a new position. And so he was like, oh, okay. You know, who is this person in my command van? I'm thinking we've got to get some information out, but that wasn't the way that they had operated or done business. And so that was a foreign concept. And I kept saying, but the media is reporting on it. I mean, they're talking to neighbors and that's not even verified information. They had neighbors that were like camped out, like eating dinner, having like a picnic on their front lawn, making sure they knew like every detail. And of course they knew who lived in this house. And so the neighbors were saying, oh yeah, I know who lives there, but we were not ready to release that information or said we weren't. And I kept saying and pushing, like, we've got to get something out. We've got to say something from us, the reliable source. Well, no, you know, we need to wait and we need to do this and that. And I remember remember after everything had settled down probably a few weeks later and we had like a post-mortem meeting and I remember we brought it up in the room and I was like we've got to figure this out with social media like we've got to be doing something to be pushing out information and you know as as awful as those situations are they really are great opportunities to look for better ways that you could be reaching residents and reaching people and giving that more up-to-date information. I think that that's why that's so important. It's so crucial because if you're not telling from the the real source, someone else will and the media will go and find it. And like you said, it's kind of reversed where before it was the media would go find it from someone else and then you know we'd be the last ones to see it now as a government entity too, we are responsible for putting that information out. And those media outlets are looking to us for that information and wanting to be able to share it to their followers. And it is a more reliable source. It is more up to date. And so I think that that's really an important point to point, you know, to make um, for other organizations to really think about if you're not, you know, utilizing a social media strategy, especially in emergency situations. Yep. And uh, social media allows you to practice on the small incidents, right, as they come up and Mm -hmm. and when the big one, hopefully that never comes. Mm -hmm. But if it does and when it does, um, you'll be much more practiced if the the, overall city or, or public safety strategy allows for it. Chris, you work with a lot of agencies across the country. Like, are you seeing the majority of agencies doing this now or is it still kind of slow to adopt? Are we, you know, are we kind of there now or are we still kind of waiting for it? I think we're getting there. I, I don't know that we um, are kind of over the hill yet. Uh, it's it's encouraging to see a lot more presence online. But if I took a, a random sampling of cities, you know, across the country, there's a difference between having a presence on Facebook and then looking down their their Facebook feed and then seeing no responses, right? And that's kind of still the majority of what I see. But of the cities and agencies that do respond, it's very evident because you see a whole lot more engagement. 
um, back and forth. So, it, you know, it's, it's still a road that we need to kind of keep going down, but um, it is encouraging that the momentum is there. Yeah, it's all about that two-way communication. Yep, exactly. All right. So from your seat, what are some of the trends that you're seeing? Like what are some, some of the good things you're seeing out in the government social media world? Um, the creation of full-time social media coordinators, right? This was like not, non-existent a couple years ago mm-hmm. and around the country and even in our region, I'm starting to see that, which is very, very encouraging because that does signify someone or an agency or a jurisdiction being quote unquote all in and that can only benefit the community. I agree. We fought hard to get a social media position approved here probably, you know, for a few years and to show that, you know, that was really where we're doing a majority of our customer service and customer care. So I think that that's really crucial and it's 24/7. So, you know, we need to be able to be there for our residents and our community at all hours of the day and social media is a great way to be able to provide that kind of service. So any lessons learned or things that you've seen like, oops, probably shouldn't go that direction? Um, you know, looking back, I think it's uh, the, the trap of trying to gain followers or begging for followers, right, and, and paying too much attention to the numbers. Uh, a different way to look at that is if you're just starting off, that's the perfect time to just experiment because you don't have any followers and the mistake <laughs> is not going to be that big. Right. And don't go begging for followers or anything like that. Just organically focus on the people in your um, jurisdiction. Um, You know, I I see occasionally and especially true in law enforcement, public safety is sometimes you'll get these uh, viral videos. Right. And it seems like agencies are trying to, um, you know, out viral each other and it gets it's intoxicating, right? Because you end up on Good Morning America, or you, um, and you're gaining followers left and right. But but the, the the caveat there is you're gaining followers from across the country, and you kind of leave your residents in the dust. So, although it's great, um, I think it's 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 great to have that approach. The focus always needs to be whoever the jurisdiction that you're serving. That's the number one priority in in your efforts to grow. Yeah, building that audience. That's re- really a great point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think from the city perspective, though, we have a little bit of a, a broader audience because not only are we trying to reach our citizens with, um, you know, community information, but we're also trying to bring in new citizens. So, you know, th- we do want people to see us from across the country and say, hey, you know what? I want to move to Gilbert, Arizona. So or we bring have, my business there. Right. Exactly. So we have a little bit of a different um, perspective when it comes to wanting to get more and more followers, which is why our Justin Timberlake video was such a huge, huge success for us, because um, we did have that where people were wanting to move here or bring their business here because they saw that video because their family friend shared it to their family friends who live on the other side of the country. So um, I think PD and public safety, they definitely do have um, that focus in on the community that they're serving. Um, But from the city perspective or even a tourism perspective, we have a a broader audience that we're trying to reach. That's a great point. There's um, a Gilbert video that I use when I teach. It's the, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it has, I think, your mayor introing the, the town of Gilbert and all the different aspects and the advantages. And I usually end that clip to the audience saying, well, who wants to move to Gilbert? And it's true. I mean, if I were not tied down here in Silicon Valley, I'd be like, you know, I, I think my retirement may end up being some of the Gilbert awesome. uh, options. Yeah, that's the digital state of the town, I think. Definitely. That's awesome. Thank you. That's, oh my gosh, that's so nice. 
How cool is that? I love it. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Chris. This was so fun. And thanks for the compliments. Wow. I'm going to have to come see one of these presentations one day. (laughs) Awesome. And likewise, thank you so much for the the honor and opportunity of being on your show. Yeah, yeah. And hey, Chris, tell our listeners, um, you know, where they should follow to hear from you on social media. What channels? Um, so the, the police department at Mountain View PD for Twitter. And if you'd searched Mountain View Police Department on Facebook, you'd find us. There's a couple others, uh, I think, Mountain Views in, in different states, but it's in Mountain View, California. Um, we do have a, a Snapchat account or we have Instagram and um, Nextdoor, although with Nextdoor, as you know, you've got to be a community member to join. Sure. Um, but sure. really, a, a quick Google search on Mountain View PD uh, would, would take you and point you to our channels. If uh, any entities out there are interested in um, some of the talks that I've given or published articles, uh, a quick search of my name with Mountain View PD social media would probably um, surface those articles as well. Or uh, as always, I'm always happy to chat with people through LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever to help out and further the cause. Awesome, Chris. Well, thank you. And also to our listeners, be sure to engage with us as well on social media. If you have questions or comments, you can use the hashtag GovGoneDigital. And feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think about this podcast. We'll see you soon from Gilbert, Arizona on Government Gone Digital. Gone Digital.